Disclaimer, I am not claiming to be a qualified professional in any medical field. For more information on the topics covered in these episodes, please follow the links in the description. Oh, well, listen, uh, you're coming up in a minute. No, don't listen to it. I haven't listened to it back. You're so high pitched when you come in. So loud. I don't want to think about it. No, I'm going to do the levels instead. I can bloody hear it through here. Listen. God, you're just so loud. That's going to be me on here because I can. I don't know. I can't control my pitch. That's fine. That's that's my job. Hello and welcome to Disabled by Definition. I am your host, Tavy James, and today I am joined by not one, but three guests. So today will be an episode focused on learning disabilities. And learning disabilities is such a broad spectrum that I have three different people with three different learning disabilities who don't let it define them. First up, I have Andy. Hello. Hello. You all right? Yeah, not bad. Thank you for being here. And I also have Deanna. Hello. Hi. And also Elliot. Hello, how are Hello. you? Oh, I'm good, thank you. So, to start with, I would like to hear your take on what it is that the label that you have been given of your disability. Let's start with you, Andy. Uh, well, I've been diagnosed with ADHD, hyperkinetic, I think I was told, but I think when it comes to the, the label of it, I was diagnosed really late. I was diagnosed at about 30, so... Up until that point, it wasn't considered any part other than just part of my character, which was just, I was just diagnosed as being, well, family diagnosed me as just being mad sort of thing. I was off my head. Um, but I think once once I was given kind of a template of what the condition holds and you can I- identify it with part of yourself, it's liberating because, again, you have almost a map of of all the things that you've never seen as a as part of this condition. Um, you can identify with them and then actually see through them. Um, so I kind of owned that because it made sense to me a lot of a lot of my conditions. So I kind of owned that part once I was diagnosed and then used that to try and try and make tomorrow better than today at that at that time. Um, quite interesting it, that you had a diagnosis so late, whereas quite a lot of these are picked up in school or around that time. Diana, how old were you when you were diagnosed? Uh, I was 11 years old. Okay. Uh, and funny fact about that, I literally got found out literally by getting hit in the face by a netball. Oh, right. So you have dyspraxia. <laughs> yes, I Can do. Can you explain that a little bit to um, Dyspraxia, in, in a simple text, is basically a... a how can I phrase this? <laughs> There's part of it. <laughs> it's a clumsy kind of disorder. Um, or it's a coordination yeah. kind of thing. And it affects the brain mentally and physically, like, which can affect basically just different aspects. So is it your how you how your brain goes right? I need to do this, and it's the signal that goes to your body that gets a bit messed up. Yeah, so I can I can literally think about it, and like five minutes later, I could just I'd be like playing a video game on my laptop or something. <laughs> Elliot, yours is a little bit more of a common learning disability. Can you explain? what dyslexia is 
Good question. Do I, even, <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I mean, no, I don't know, even know what mine is most of the time. I think I, what I think it is is more uh, literal. It's um, I can't re- my reading and writing is not the best. And my spelling, oh my gosh! <laughs> please, please don't get me to spell anything. I am not going to be testing any of spelling your abilities. Oh, I hated uh, spelling tests as well. I have How old were you when you were diagnosed? I was about nine. Oh, okay. I think I was about nine. I was mm, probably between year six and year seven. Actually, not nine and ten. Yeah, right, nine okay. or ten. So, pair of you, uh, Deanna and Elliot, yours was, you were diagnosed during a position of going from primary school to yeah. high school. Did you find that hard? Uh, well, kind of, because I was literally in a taster day at, my, at a secondary, because due to past labour bullying and stuff, which I had, due to my own disability and them not wanting to pick it up, I, I was d- in a taster day like trying to get and one of the PE teachers picked my um disability up and after a few trials like one up like 200 stairs um and getting hit with an apple like I mentioned earlier in the nose um it was a bit of jarring because I had to get like tested completely and my primary school didn't do anything even after that <laughs> did you have any similar Weird mm, transitions? No, I was quite lucky. My primary school picked up on it quite quick. Oh, good. And then, <laughs> I, then I got I got tested. We went privately tested. Then I did my SATs, and I had, like, one-on-one with my head teacher. We went, like, she read all my questions. And then we actually chose a secondary school that speci- well, not specialises in, like, dys- dyslexia or learning difficulties. It was a private school, and they had better one-on-one. Oh, um, good. So I think we're quite lucky as a family that we had the money to pay for all. Yeah. We have something in common. I went to a private school. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, do you think you would have preferred to have learned earlier? Uh, just to clarify why that happened. When I was, I should have been diagnosed early on at about six or seven. That was, that was when I was supposed to be tested, but it was put down to my brother dying at the, at when I was six. Oh. So it was put down to almost depression or bereavement um, stresses. So... And then we moved, and we moved a few times after that, so it was never actually pinned down until it became a real problem. So you were aware of there was something oh, slightly I didn't, off? I didn't used to sleep for, like, four days when I was a baby. Social services had to come in and help my mum. Oh, right. Um, there was loads of points in my... Everyone said that I was I was not a normal child sort of thing, but it was never picked up until, obviously, I had a, I had a bit of a med- mental health trauma, and, and I went through diagnosis, and, uh, and yeah, it came out that that was what the um, the, the idea of it was. So despite not having a official diagnosis, did you have any support in school? No, no support in school was was alien. I, I was uh, you're always labelled just just at what you do, and it's just you're not interested in everything that that, that every that's always going on in a lesson. So you just get labelled as the the kid who needs to be put in the cupboard and work sort of thing. So you was always. Uh, he was always labelled before you actually had any any condition as just a naughty child. All right, Dina, you mentioned to me before that you had also a similar thing with your family that it affected. It had a knock-on effect on your mum. Um. Yes, because my my mum actually has uh, dyslexia, so and she got diagnosed in college, so kind of late as well. Yeah. And um, it was quite difficult because we we didn't like. We didn't know, and I was actually quite a problem child. <laughs> right. Because, like, I didn't know about my disability. Like, my mum tried to, like, get, get my primary school to figure it all out. 
and they ne- didn't they didn't really do it. They kept just saying like, oh, she's a she just doesn't pay attention that well, or she like what what you said. She's just like like a problem child, or or that's what I think. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it's so. What's drawn to me is that I didn't get help till like I was fully diagnosed, like completely, and I was literally I was diagnosed literally in August of twenty eleven. Oh, so just before going to high school. And, and yep, and all the SATs were done. Ah. Uh. So I and I failed my SATs. So how on earth I, en- I ended up in a private school is beyond me. But <laughs> <laughs> um and so yeah, my my mum fought for like everything and. I was and like and I was actually quite private as well. Like I didn't know how to convey emotions that well. Is that something that you think is common within dyspraxia? Um, uh, I'm still learning about it now because as dyspraxia is not really as common, it's it's hard to like put a pin in most things because people get confused between ADHD and autism with it. That is true. Do you yeah, find that, a, Andrew? Yeah, there's a cross spectrum where some of the symptoms obviously cross, but they're not the same. No. Um, but I think, yeah, you t- that you're all in that same bracket where it's more because people don't understand it and it's hard to to try and get get people's heads around it. You, c- you all kind of get put in this bracket of just an unknown where you're all, you've all got different traits and different yeah. quirks and stuff, but th- there's never one way to actually try and and try and solve it it's all got to be identified personally with each one so yeah they all they all kind of cross and merge don't they where people yeah, can never ID I mean, the same with like, dyslexia because a few aspects with me because I struggle with maths mm. or oh, English is usually, is my strong point but <laughs> oh, I can't. yeah but at the moment I am actually struggling to read a bit so I'm like confused like if my I have I need glasses anyway I'm not wearing them right at the moment but <laughs> I've had three books in my life me Oh. <laughs> Literally, I don't. I, I mean, and that's no joke. Yeah. I, I remember. T- I think I've read one book. It was The Secret. The other was The Power of Karma, yeah. and the other one I read because uh, it was a book I used to get read when I was a kid. And it was called Woof, and it was the, bo- the boy who turned into a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's. I think that's the things what you're limited on. Yeah. You end up like I was saying before. It's mm. like you end up kind of that becomes a fear. So you kind of end up. If you push through it, you kind of find a, a, a gift in it you because do, yeah. it becomes a strength that you're like, hang on a minute, I can do this. Mm. So you end up owning it and then becoming really gifted in it. But it, uh, it is that age-old thing where you judge a, a goldfish yeah, by its yeah, ability it's, to climb yeah. a tree. You, yeah, Elliot, did you find something similar yourself with mm. books or in school? Not really. I read I read the books. We had a one-on-one reading session yeah. in primary school. Oh, oh that's nice. Oh, I had that. And well, no, because I kept getting pub with the bullies. So yeah, <laughs> I was on a report card in primary school. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I was never naughty. I've never actually had a detention at uh, secondary uh, school. Oh, I never had uh, detention in my life. Only time I got detention was literally had it in a homework late. Oh. Once. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> no, my time in management is quite good. I think that's my strong point actually. All right. Mm. So. Yeah. Uh, well, clearly not today, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, your effort was there, weren't well, you? Were effort, there on a yeah, bike? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Elliot came in on a bike while the rest of us got the bus. Uh, I can't even ride a bike because I'm a bit <laughs> Oh well, that's something interesting um, I wanted to ask you about because yeah. um, <coughs> sorry, I'm I personally am a massive Doctor Who fan, 
And in the recent series, one of the companions outwardly says that he has dyspraxia. Oh, really? I don't watch it. So. That's fair <laughs> enough. But he, the, one of the first episodes is watching him trying to learn to ride a bike. And he really struggles and it takes a toll on him mentally and he gets really frustrated and quite yeah, angry. Yeah. Is that a similar mentality that you have with yeah, with yeah. things that would be deemed easy to other people? Um, yes, it does, to be fair. Like, like, I can't even, like, catch a ball or I can't even, sometimes English. <laughs> but, um, yeah, riding a bike was something that we picked on, uh, up on quite early. Like, And I didn't learn till like, I was 16, 17, right. to tie shoelaces. Oh, okay. And I struggled to do that because each time I did, like, because my, my fingers are very, like, bendy and everything. It's, it's quite difficult because I'm like, trying to get, like, because it's also my coordination in my joints and everything. I literally just learned this recently and that's completely me. Ah. One, one, one question on the, the like, you, you talk about them limiting factors, what you say, you know, like where you, you, you have trouble with mobility and different, different types of things like that. But how do you find... When you're niched in your like, like let's say when you're sat in a chair and you just become creative, because it's because it's not, you're not so much moving. You just yeah. you're, you're more portraying what's in your brain. Yeah. Do um, you shine in that type type of, well, of area? Well, I usually when my creativity shows, I usually go into my own world. To be completely honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I also I do try to focus, and sometimes it doesn't end up well because. Like, my mum could be literally trying to get my attention and I'm completely out of the zone. Or it, or it also actually helps if I'm, or if I'm upset. Like, because as I have, like, a bit of anxiety, it, like, just, like, something like that, because I do, like, write. English is my strongest subject to me, despite I take a science subject. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, like, creativity for me is, like, a, it's, like, a, like a healing. Like an outlet. Yeah. Something else Fun. that you can focus on. Yes. Did you guys, did any of you, the other, of you two, have something that you would focus on instead of uh, things that you couldn't do? If I get bogged down, I'll just go for a run. Yeah, I Honestly. used to be a lot like that. I used to say, my medicine started outside my front door. You yeah. know, it was like, whenever you find yourself, usually when you... You find yourself isolated a lot with with, with conditions. It don't it don't matter what condition yeah. you are, because you do tend to wander around in your own mind a lot. But the liberating parts of it are kind of when you free yourself, but when you're on your own, even I, though you, you you kind of always want to be with other people. But there's yeah. there is an an actual liberating thing in being on your own, doing something you enjoy doing, and that is becomes your medicine. I mean, I've never took medication for my condition, but yeah. that's what I chase. Things. So it's something like running. Uh, or writing, it's something that you can control. Do you like being able to have a control over things when there I'd are... I'd love to be able to, but I've never had it. <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly, no. No. Uh, then what is it that drew you to running? Uh, I just joined my local running club and then just got just worked my way up the groups and now I've signed up for a marathon. Forrest Gump for Yeah, me. you've got a marathon coming up, haven't you? Yeah. Are you ready for that? Not really. Oh. No, no, I am. I'll Give be me fine. your legs, seriously. <laughs> I'll be fine. So university life... Um, there are so many people who get knocked back by uh, being diagnosed with some sort of uh, learning uh, disability, any sort of condition that supposedly says that they can't do a certain thing. Was it ever in uh, in your mind that you couldn't go to university? Um, All the time. Yeah, for me it was because I was a got told by, oh, you wouldn't be able to go to university, you wouldn't be able to cope. 
Right. I mean, I could get the coping part, but but now I'm really like I'm fighting through it. That's good. Yeah. So, what what's your drive? drive yeah. Sorry. I was gonna say, what is the drive that makes you? That want becomes to it when someone tells you you can't do something. You kind of get convicted in proving someone yeah. wrong. Even 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 if they tell you even what what you're trying to do is is wrong, and someone tells you you can't do it, there's almost a little energy that says I'm going to prove them wrong. And while you're walking that walk, you realise well, maybe I shouldn't be going that way. <laughs> or, maybe, or you'll yeah. you'll find a new avenue that yeah. kind of puts you on a different path, but but it's it's still still obviously driving you forward. Yeah, for, for me, I I was being like driven because my primary school again, it's not really a very good. Uh, uh, they uh, said that I wouldn't be able to go to college. I said I wouldn't be able to go to university. So anyone wanted, who ever tells you you can't do something, just I know, just just take away the tea and yeah. just just say can. Yeah, and then then you can. There's a power in that. Then you yeah. can then you can do it after crying in your pillow. <laughs> well, considering <laughs> Elliot, you because you were diagnosed at the right time and you had the help during high school, were you constantly pushed to aim for the next bit? Uh, and I wasn't pushed and I didn't have any doubts coming to university. That All was right. literally the last thing on my mind. It was more of the money. Oh, like, the debt, that was yeah. it. Apart from that. How much debt? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> £1,000 in debt. But to be honest with you, people shouldn't worry about that. Oh, really? No, That's good, though. That's a good mindset of... I literally don't worry about anything. That's so a good mindset to have that... It shouldn't be an obstacle, but even if someone does say it is an obstacle, like you said, just go. Well, no, hang on a minute. Yeah, I don't, I'm going to do it. I think there's a lot of walls that get put up in front of you, whether they be compassionate walls or whether they be kind of twisted views on things. You know, where people put limitations on what they think you can do, and I think that's that's what I was saying before about the word with disability. It's kind of the, the limitating factors, what if you read it and read into what that word describes you as, you'll believe it and you'll act it out. Whereas like where you took the letter off, off can and it becomes yeah. can. It's like you do the same with things like disability and you take away the dis. It's an ability. Yeah. You just have to find your little arena, your environment. Well, before we did this, um, we were talking a couple of days ago where, uh, where you said, I'm not entirely sure why I'm said yes to this i don't see myself as disabled no i really don't no apart but, from it but that's a good thing it's you've completely it's the fear of the unknown for everyone else i yeah. think i think because it's not understood like i say you, you put in a bracket but then who's to say that this bracket what you put in if you take away everyone's labels off it what is it it's it's literally you're like an x-man when mm. you when you really think about it you are you, you you're kind of a super You've kind of got these little superpowers yeah. that no one else yeah. has. You talk about them, it's things like hyper-focus, you know, being able to shut off in a room, that's a power, mm. especially when you're in a room you don't want to be in. So how do you use that? How do you use that to your advantage? Um, well, again, it's it's environmental, so it depends where you are. Um, if you are in a lesson, let's say, and, and you're kind of not picking up on things you should be, you'll start focusing on something that you shouldn't really be focusing on, don't get me wrong, but then because you're focusing, whatever it is you're doing becomes great. You know, I've done some of the best artwork that I've ever done in my life while I've not been listening in a lesson. Yeah, that's you know, yeah. Now yeah, it's, that's, it, that's me if constantly. you don't see it like that, you'll see it as, oh, that was a waste of time. But in reality, that was an achievement because that drawing's going to be there forever now mm. if you keep it. You know, yeah. if you take that moment as something. Whereas you, you can you can kind of lose yourself in a, lot of, in a lot of the points of it all. But I think when you actually see where that's... That, that um, trait of your condition can be used, it then becomes a tool. 
Mm. But when you're not, there's not many places that will actually show you how to use your gift. That becomes, um, it becomes kind of an essay, you know, it's like, oh, they can't do this, they can't do that, you know, you can't put them in there, you can't do this, and it's like, it's that word again. It's it's just a limiting thing all the time when you need to be liberated with things like that. You, you need to set yourself free with it. Nobody ever said I couldn't do anything. They all said I could. That's a, well. That's a great. That's, that's a great thing. Yeah, that's that's amazing. <laughs> my, my parents were like that. All they ever said was, "You can do it. You, you, if you whatever you put your mind to, you'll be able to, to do." And the other one was, "If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change." So again, it's. I've it's never a very, that. It's a very outside of the box way of thinking. And that's what my mum's always done that. So my dad, you know, they both always just said, just do whatever you've got to do and whatever you want to do. But don't get me wrong, don't don't go down a, a, a naughty road sort of thing with anything. And I have done that many a time. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you find yourself in many a situation where you don't want to be in, but you're always you when you come out of it. You know, and, and you're human. You, you end up getting upset, like what you were saying. Yeah. You know, and it's like you have some of the most traumatic upsetting points because you think if you can hyper focus on something you enjoy and you imagine the hyper focus when you're walking in a dark room yeah. in your own mind you can mm. you can really ruin yourself if you're not yeah aware yeah. Of, of, yeah. of how far you can walk of, with it i had that kind of ex- experience like in secretary things increased for the better but when i reached college it like went backwards oh right yeah so they weren't as bad as my primary school to say the least but it's like still learn support that was I, yeah, I would agree with you there. The college was pretty rubbish. For so them. you yeah. went somewhere else for sixth form? Uh, I went to, yeah, I went to, to yeah, a different college, to be fair, than my, my, my private. and. So it, had you left your private um, high school feeling quite secure? Yeah, like, like I was safe, like, I was basically, like, I felt more me. Then when I went to college, I had loads of doubts and, right. and everything. But, like, it didn't come till like, literally the second, which was last year for me. I, I had some friends that um, busy was there for us, like, and, like, one of them has, like, dyslexia and stuff, so... so I love that, man, because it's always usually someone with a similar <laughs> disability to yourself that ends up carrying you rather than yeah. the system that's supposed to carry you. Yeah, and we both had problems, like, when we were, like... I don't know if, like, she was a bit better than me, but we both kind of helped each other in that kind of way. I had a brilliant experience uh, at high school. One particular thing was um, I loved my English teacher. I had one of my English teachers for three years. Um, (laughs) And she was brilliant. She, uh, because of my hearing, uh, there's a certain place in a classroom where I can hear best. And it tends to be uh, on the left side of the classroom in the front seat so, so then I can turn my back to the window or the wall and open myself to the classroom or turn the other way and all my hearing is from forward and I can't hear what's behind me. So I had a really good... I could hear the class discussion or I could shut off and then the teacher's desk was right in front of me and she was lovely and she was really great. Yeah. And then when I got to year 13 afterwards, um, I didn't have her for year 12, she then said to me, um, oh, I've just... I've just had my first hearing aid. I went for a hearing test and I think I have a similar hearing issue to you. And now I know how how you feel. Now I get it. I understand what why you had to sit in a certain place, why you... Because I've, I've, I've had my hearing aid since the end of year one, so I've had it for a long time, 
luckily, so I've grown to adapt. But for a lot of the teachers, this was something new. Yeah. And then now she's going, I get it, Emp- I get empathy. it. Empathy, it's a great yeah. spying glass. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice because then she really helped and she was considerate about the situation I was in at the time with my subjects and we won't go there. Um, and then that g- gave me a lot more support, whereas the sometimes the learning... Uh, uh, the assistive learning centres in school, I, I was lucky to have a really good one and I was just on their t- radar. I didn't have a one-on-one because I didn't need it. But every now and then they just come and check on me, but they treat me as if that that was all they knew of me, that, oh, I'm yeah, on their books. Yeah. That means they need to go, hello, Tavy, you okay? And that felt patronising to yeah, me. Yeah. Did no, you guys no, get no, anything like that? Definitely not. Really? I never, I never allowed it. No, uh, I, I had one-on-one support, but to be honest with you, there was wasn't one-on-one. It was a group. It was a small group, and they oh, just helped okay. us with work that we needed doing and stuff like that. So just an extra person you can turn to and go, "Hang on, I need a little bit more." Yeah, if that, yeah. I mean, during my exams, I had extra time reader and scribe, uh, not a scribe, word processor. Oh, did you? Did you find that useful? Uh, I did, and I didn't. I used the reader a lot because that was good because they could read back to you. Yeah. They can read back what you've what That's you've written. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you like, once you've typed it out, they can actually read it back to you. Ah. Which was quite good. And then I had the twenty-five percent, which allowed the reading. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. I had like something similar. I mean, I had a computer. I had a I had a scribe. Oh, okay. And and I had extra time. Ah. And thing is, I think um, one of my learned supports, which is going off like for me, what you said, your, your English teacher. Um, one of the teachers, I'm not saying any names, but um, she kept me doing sport despite, due to my disability, I can't really do like physical sport, like hockey, for example, which was one of the sports. Um, and like my learn, my learn support in my last few years got me, at, tried to get my learn support lessons in the PE slots All right. constantly. And even if I didn't even have one, she dragged me to her office. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I also have, like, an another teacher, but that's a bit biased because she's my auntie, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, doing... Ha- having someone push you to do PE, was that frustrating? Because you were there yeah. going, I can't yeah. do it! Uh, it was... Fr- yeah, it was actually quite frustrating because it felt like they didn't understand, and the fact is they were at the head of PE as well, and uh. they were quite strict. When they were teaching geography, however, they were, like, the nicest person, but... When it came to like the the sport, it felt like it felt harsh and stuff. Like it it knocked me down quite a bit, and so be literally I was literally um I was doing gym. That was the only sport I could do. <laughs> literally gym or maybe even rounders, for example. Oh, okay. And um, I literally almost sprained my wrist, and she literally just walked by and didn't come in. See, so if do you wish that you had that sort of support? in PE in the same way as you did in geography or maybe English? Uh, I do because my English teachers, one of them, in fact, before he retired, he was just the sweetest and literally I wrote over like, it was like a 2,000 word essay or something, like handwritten. I went went over and he literally gave me like, me, like an A. Ah. <laughs> and like he encouraged me and that encouraged me to write basically. See, like, that's good. Definitely. Yeah. So I, never, I never had that in college because the reason I went into college was uh, I'd had seven failed college courses before that, so it was just keep trying, trying, yeah. trying, and trying, yeah. to, trying to succeed. But I went into horticulture, 
So it was like that's a therapy in itself for for my condition. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was a it was kind of a walk in the park. I left with distinctions dis- distinctions and merits in in our in were our, you, our were year. Were you drawn to that, or was it yeah. uh, or was yeah. it a oh here's another one? Well, I actually went to a place and I ended up volunteering there, and it was it was a great journey. I'm trying to go back now, and that was at a, an homeless. Um, Charity around based around horticulture, which is in Rochdale called Petrus, and they 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 run the horticultural therapies at the time, and I just kind of went in as a volunteer, and then before I know it, it was helping me, you know, being around people who were all uh, isolated in their own condition, but at the same time liberated by a space, and yeah. you was all in the same mind frame, and it was it was kind of a nurturing environment where you was you was left to shine, you know, on that on that kind of um, platform of isolation but mm. there was always someone there with you if you wanted a conversation you'd have a conversation you know if you wanted to go on and talk with your mates while you was doing it you could do that you know and it was all something very, that you all had in common yeah it was a very symbiotic a... thing you yeah. was you was working with people you was working with plants you was working with insects there was a multi-ethnic uh, community that are always mingled and mixed yeah. loads of different um, disabilities that come through and the one thing that i learned from all that was that no two people are the same. You know, you can't. There's no two parts of any condition that was um, that you could say, "Oh, he's he's the same as him, and he's the same as him." Everyone was was on their own with their own thing, mm. but everyone worked together and enjoyed it on a, on a real platform, um, and everyone got something from it. Uh, so there was never a negative with that place ever, um, and that that then led me through through me uh, my career in horticulture with um, college. Do you think there could be more places like that? One hundred. I'm trying to do it now. That's what I'm trying to actually do because one thing I always have to do is I have to get in the problem to understand it and then try and work my way out of it for everyone else. I've done it here with the disability departments where when I came here there was no... There was a framework of support around you that said you should get this, you should use this and oh, you'll yeah. get this computer and then there's you turn up on in September and then you've got like a nine to ten week wait now, for someone with a condition, yeah, like to get on, a laptop, I'm still on that yeah. way to get list. your dictaphone. Now, I've kicked off Royal because of it, and I think rocking the boat is what's kind of needed in a in a way so that the guy behind you doesn't have to do what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm 36 years old, so it's like I've, I've lived a bit, whereas I'm seeing 19, 20, and 21-year-olds who are sat quiet, just struggling. Mm. And it's like you're paying a lot of money to be here, uh, not necessarily paying it straight away. You're obviously running a student loan and and some mm. and whatnot. But at the same time, it's an investment in your future. And even though you're investing in something with money that's not yours, you should still get your value for it and what's promised to you. But one thing I noticed through going through this, I'm a very direct person. If if something's annoying me, I'll go straight to the point of where it's annoying me and I'll I'll raise it. And I noticed that he was kind of rocking a boat with people who were just doing the job. And it wasn't necessarily the, the 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 people you're dealing with or like you know like your advisors and people like that who were who were saying they're going to do X Y and Z. It was the system behind it. Oh uh, yeah. So they're having to almost lie, not not mm. not necessarily lie, but bend truths and say right, well you get this in this amount of time, and then when that time comes up and for a condition with, with that entails anxiety and stresses and and um, and needing to understand things a little bit better than other people so that you can progress. They're real limiting factors, and you find yourself so far behind just when the deadlines, what people promise you, are met. So ten weeks time, you get a laptop. You're ten weeks behind. Yeah. You've missed ten le- ten ten weeks worth of lessons, and for, for someone with a condition like mine, I'll 
I'll write seven subjects in one book. Convicted that, yeah, I'll understand that. Yeah. But then I've got seven books with seven subjects in, with seven different times in, and yeah. it's like, yeah. even I, I, right, I'm burning them books, get rid of them, you know, and it's like, you'll just mm. start again, but you'll always try, you'll always keep going, but you don't realise how far in the wrong direction you've gone. Have the two of you felt that as well? I'm still on the waiting, I'm still uh, waiting for them. I, I had to get, like, a laptop because my laptop was already broken, so I have, for me, I actually got mine instantly. Oh, like, I mean, I didn't even need the addictive phone because I could just use my phone. But I can also, like, understand because with my disability, no one knows about it. Your niche seems to be the part that you're shining in. <laughs> the thing what we're struggling on, I'm writing and arithmetic is like, you're, you're breezing that. You're, yeah, like, shrugging yeah, it off every, like it's nothing. Everyone else knows about you, you, yours. Mine's, like, just like a fog. <laughs> like, no one really cares. Elliot, for you, would a uh, laptop really help? Uh, well, I've already got one, but they wouldn't. They refuse to put the software on it because it's too old. So then I've got. Uh, the is it Dragon? Is it oh, the Dragon? I don't actually know. It was, it was a couple, of, was a couple of months ago. What would the software do? Uh, it would record. It allows to record the lessons, and it can storyboard like an essay. So you you write down like a paragraph of stuff, Wait, and then it. it um, oh. I have no idea. I was just going to ask you a question. Then. Or something? To be honest with you, it was. Can I have two? <laughs> All right. I have two. There, there One were, of them I, I use less. <laughs> it was three, and I can't really remember what they were, but I, because the course we're doing, a lot yeah. of it's on Mac. Yeah. Where is this? So, something the other day that was saying that, do you not think, and this is something I'll ask both of you now, do you not think there should be a generalised um, script of every lesson when you think about it? Everyone who has disabilities, everyone who has these spectrum disorders who struggle with grammar, you know, English, writing, or whether they have to use laptops or anything, It'd be simply solved if generically they just had a microphone with that that very same program what you what we're trying to find which is that dragon where you talk into it mm. and it just scripts the lesson so that basically you can go on every every lesson that's ever ever uh, done in any of the lecture rooms uh, some you will have a scribe and it'll have a that. recorded version i would definitely do that that's my problem and you only have to do it once and make yeah. it generic with one of our lecturers she's uh really quite quiet and she's lovely, and if you go up to her and ask her a question, she will explain it better. But in a lecture hall, it's just not ideal. And as someone who can't hear high frequencies, and she's really soft-spoken, uh, and she has an accent as well, and I am awful when it comes to accents. Oh, don't worry, all my teachers are from, like, Brazil or somewhere. <laughs> but it means that I I then turn to Elliot or I turn to someone else who's next to me in the hall going, did you, did you hear that, or is that just me? And then quite often it will be no, I didn't quite catch that, or hang on a minute, let me just write it down yeah. and you can see it no, after. She's not got a microphone. She does, which is brilliant. a similar one where we had to, had to draw attention to it in a, in a lesson where there was, I mean, you get slides read to you, don't you, which is, it's, it's common yeah. that way. That seems to be the whole of uni, that just I, the lecture just That was my argument. Slide. It was like, I'm paying, and I know it sounds like I'm ripping the system, but it was like I said, I'm, I'm paying £9,000 for you to read YouTube slides. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get me wrong, you yeah. know, the, the YouTube slides are all right. I wouldn't pick them myself, but they're all pretty <laughs> informational, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah. But, you know, for someone like me, who's I use a pen and uh, pen and paper. I was taught as a true artist. I draw, yeah. I, do, yeah. I do drawing and writing. Don't get me wrong, you can't understand me writing and me drawings are out there. But <laughs> the, um, I forgot what I'm on about now. The ADHD attack here, mine's gone blank. Where Is that something that happens a lot? Oh, all the time, all the time. Has there been a particular situation where you've gone, really, now? It's when your mind, when your mind starts getting on a subject that you're passionate about, that's yeah. it then. It's like someone lights a fuse and throws it in the mix. Uh, I've had plenty of those. <laughs> 
What was I on about? Come on, remind me. Some unis actually record the whole lecture. They record. They like, do. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think the one near me, which is Newcastle University, they record. I think they record the entire like. It's they, not. It's not a voice recorder. It's, it's filmed. Be, yeah, I think no, so. Birmingham do that. Uh, I think yeah. Somewhere they're big halls. Mm. They do. We have a big hall in one of my lectures. Why don't we do that? <laughs> but the only downside is then you could just say, "Oh, I'm going to skip it because I can just rewatch Watch it." Rewind. That yeah. was it. Yeah. But I, yep. I still go just in case it's like something like missed beforehand. Because sometimes when I record something, I miss like the beginning of stuff. So mm. it's like, like it must do that sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes like there could be important important information that I don't record. So do you? If you don't mind me asking, do you write slow? No. Oh my gosh, I'm so slow. Uh, I, I, I write mean, so I mean, slow, which is why I use right. a laptop the in a lecture. Longest uh, sentences. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I can write slow, but usually I write fast and it's just complete. You can't understand right. it. Yeah. And looks you, beautiful, but <laughs> you, you just don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. But, but but I have a laptop and I take that to lectures. But even with when but when I type, it's like loud tapping. Like, yeah, like this. <laughs> I don't know what I just put in. <laughs> I could have been anything. And so it's like, and the thing like people find for me like, oh, I'm it's natural, but people like find it annoying. I'm like, I can't stop it. It's how I type. Yeah. So, so like, I mean, I play Dungeons and Dragons, so it's like, and I use my laptop. I was like, how on earth when I'm typing? How do you heal like, the DM or someone? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand. I feel like they, you can't really write notes in ask because they're always they're just in the PowerPoint. It's just copying the PowerPoint again. Yeah, yeah. that's what you watch. You watch well, the, we, the row below, and what it's we started to do was uh, we have the. I'm the pioneer of this. Just to you, clarify. Yeah, to be, okay. To be fair, <laughs> he did do it first, but it's brilliant because it works for me as well. Because um, you, we both have our laptops, and we have the slides on our laptop, and it also means that we can read at our own pace. Yeah. And if I mishear what they're saying, I can at least see it myself. That's what I do, but I get confused. With but then what's slides. great is every now and then one of our lectures might go on a bit, bit of a tangent, completely relevant to what's being written, but it's not on the slide. So then you just write in the notes, those extra bits, and you can keep those slides on your laptop. And then it's up to you how you make those into notes, because I a... go back and write them on paper, because I love... For me, writing stuff out helps to yeah, go straight into my brain. In yeah. Oh my god, no! It, really <laughs> Not for you. Really it doesn't work for me. What is your? What, how do you do it? I don't really know. I, I still don't know to this day. <laughs> if it's like when you can't ask questions, this is another thing that that kind of grates me. When you can't ask questions in lectures, you know, obviously, don't get me wrong. There's 60, 70 people sometimes mm. in a lecture, and it's like mm. if everyone asks a question. We're quite lucky. We can actually ask questions. Yeah, you can ask the odd one, but for mm. someone like me, it's like. I tell you, I want to ask a question and then have a conversation about it. But definitely in pro, uh, secondary school, they kept I kept asking them to repeat it, it so I could understand it, and they kept getting really annoyed. And you yeah, keep you asking, do, I'm you like, disengage oh, sorry. then, don't you? I mean, I can understand that because I get told that constantly. But <laughs> you know the thing when someone asks you uh, quite often it's a question and you don't hear it, and you just go, ah. yeah. and you hope that it wasn't a question, and they go, well, what's your answer? And you go, no, I have to ask you to repeat it. Oh no, it. I'll blag that. I you know, just, just <laughs> I straight up say I genuinely did not hear you. Because because I can't. Please repeat it again. And if I'm there going, what? 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 Over and over again, most people have just gotten used to the fact that it's it's them. That they the way that they've said it means that I can't hear it because it's that's just my hearing. It's not like I'm blanking them. The point I was trying to just trying to make then was that you have for if you know like when they do, when they're explaining things to you for 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 my sort of condition where if you don't if you don't get the first part and you're not able to understand where they're teeing off from 
Mm. Everything after that is just monotonous. You you don't yeah. understand it because you haven't understood that first part. So it's like to not be able to to have them conversations straight away just makes you your lessons obsolete. Yeah. Because you just sat there just trying not to annoy everyone else or trying not to distract everyone else. That's where the drawings come from mm. then. Because yeah. you end up trying to live in the moment, still engage in it and still be there. Do you find that drawing helps you concentrate? 100% because my mind wants to do five, six things at once. But at the same time, I in, there's, there's a part of me that's saying, right, you're here to focus on chemistry. So I'm sat here and I'm trying to think of chemistry. But in reality, I'm drawing fairies in woods and <laughs> trying to work out what colour pens I've got. And, you know, and I'm, I'm doing literally, and I'm also working out what I'm going to have for my tea and what I'm trying to build as a business and what my mates are doing and what I've promised to do and how much debt you're in. And <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> have you tried a fidget, a fidget spinner? Because aren't they actually designed Mate, for honest, you? Honestly, I have, I have, I, I got one of them kits ages ago, right? Where you get these spinners and all they, that they were like the stuff. big thing a few years Mate, ago. I want to know how it works. I take it apart. You know, and you start <laughs> counting how many bearings are in it. Are you it one of these people that take the pen apart? Yeah. yeah. Well, my uncle was an inventor. He tried working on perpetual motion, and I seen that when I was eight. Do you know what I mean? So it's like my head was out in space and working with mad stuff when I was a kid. Because these all the fidget spinners and like cubes that you can all fiddle with and things I like was, that. Yeah. I was such a fidgeter as a kid. I yeah. then eventually, <laughs> when my brother was like, I want to get a fidget spinner because they're cool. And... I was like, uh. but what I had seen, which actually worked better for me, and it helped with uh, like just drawing my attention onto one thing if I got I particularly anxious, me. is one of those like l- plastic uh, link like chain things where you just twist it a little bit. Like the old snakes where yeah. you make them into triangles. Uh, I, yeah. I don't think I've seen them. And yeah, I, I just had one of them and I just play it. It got really loud after a while because it got quite old and it wasn't as smooth. And they also broke into pieces because I just have it at the bottom of my bag. But it was really useful to just play with every now and then because you, you focus your mind onto something else. And I found them a lot... I found them so much nicer than fidget spinners. Cause Meditations me, worked a lot. Oh, yeah. 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 For me, it's like a, I, I, I usually find like a stress ball, like a unique shape. Or something because literally back in my flat, I literally have a zebra one, and just like just like funny like, because just you just squeeze it. It's, it's also yeah. it's it's de-stressing you, but it's also it's tactile. You can feel it. You're engaging loads of different parts of your brain. Yeah, and softness, think, yeah, texture, yeah, and movement. Have, yeah, I don't have, even have to pay attention. I could just like be playing on with it, and yeah. I can literally just look at the screen. Not by the health, but at least I have no microphone. <laughs> it's kind of like a meditation because you are you're doing a mundane thing with your hands but it it disengages the the energy that you've, you've got built up in your brain and you're channeling yeah. it into something that's kind of freeing your brain up to do something else yeah i mean that's what that's what meditation is in a, in a lot of different different ways whether it be a type of if you get if you get solace from fidgeting then you're obviously doing something that yeah. you, you you used to so it can free your mind up i mean i walk i'll, I'll go out and walk that's what or I do i'll do to meditation to, that's what i go to go to do like just to walk to work, even if it's pouring down rain. Yeah. I wear a coat, of course. I actually like walking in the rain. I think that noise on your hood is actually really I mean, therapeutic. Actually, it's a primal the, thing. The yeah, that is, getting wet and completely drenched, on the other hand, <laughs> isn't as well. Oh, don't, don't worry, I had to walk, literally, it was like calm before I went to work, then literally I was walking down the cut and just lashed down, and I wasn't wearing a coat. All I was working was my work coat, my work trousers, and my work shirt. Is there a certain weather you prefer to run in, Elliot? Cold. Cold? Yes. Really? Yes. The okay, I, okay, I, can, I can't I, do cold. When I, I used to yeah. run, I say I used to, I, I trained for a 5K 
because I wanted to prove that I could do it because everyone said, you don't like running, you won't do it. And I'm like, ha, 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 I will. Yeah. So and I did. There's a science behind running in the cold. And actually, it's so much yeah, but my, my throat in the cold. Gets, hurts massively nah, and I can't you, bear it. As soon as you put it, like inhale all the cold air, it, it hits your lungs, you get faster. I can't, no, yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I, I have to yeah. be in like drizzly weather. That for me is ideal because then it cools I, me down as I go. There's a big arm of, of I oh, went, I'm sorry. I went running yesterday in the rain. I hated it. Was it chucking get, it down? Yeah, there? just got soggy. See, no, that's not fun. Was like you know, like the misty, like, like spitting rain. Mm. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, the rain that gets you wet. Yeah, it is that's actually it. Wet stuff, rain, yeah. yeah, that felt really nice because you weren't getting drenched, but it was cooling me down as I went along, and I, I, I preferred it for some reason. I did my five k on the other hand in uh, blue skies and sunshine, and that was one of the hardest. There is a things. science now about the cold. Where, uh, yeah, with, with with most conditions, most mental health conditions, and a lot of other conditions, um, and that's sitting in ice and cold yeah. water. Yeah, it's relaxing. It's you know, it's it's, it's a real bridge of science now. Where what it, it, it actually when you when you when you follow it and you actually kind of understand it, mm. you see the real the real. I mean, they've studied it in Oxford and actually give a guy called uh, called Wim Hof. He's called. I mean, you can have a look at him and follow what he's done. And he's called the Ice Man. And there's a few, there's a group up near. Yeah, I was telling you before in near Sunderland that oh, oh. that do it, and they're called the cavemen, uh, cavemen philosophers. It's called, and what they do is they sit in cold rivers and ice, and what it does, it stimulates the part of your your primal uh, reptilian nervous system, which is kind of called, I think it's called your vagus nerve, and that can kind of let you once you once you once you've um, really settled in this in this cold water and you've controlled your breathing. You've combated something that actually helps your condition, which is breathing, because that's a power in itself being yeah. able to breathe. But because you're stimulating them nerves, it kind of regresses you to a point where you're really nice and you're really happy, and you can control these certain levels of dopamine, adrenaline. That makes a lot of sense. I just hate being cold. I hate try being it, hot. Try it. It's, <laughs> it's, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm the same. I don't like. I'm like I'm, I, I'm I, a happy I, yeah, middle. I, I prefer to be like walk in the snow with no coat on than be like in the boiling river. Oh, yeah. really? I mean, I live the near the sea anywhere, so... <laughs> I always love the snow. I'd rather be warm, but I'd rather run in the cold. Four o'clock in the morning when that snow's falling and you get that weird ambient silence. It, it's a weird thing to it wake is, up from yeah. no noise. But yeah. wake up thinking, there's no noise. Well, the whole thing it's of snow is that it absorbs um, noise, Sound. doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. And so it does make that eerie feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's like being in a negative room. It just makes me want to go skiing. <laughs> I've, I've never been skiing. Neither have I. I can't. <laughs> so my version of skiing is like, oh. we used to go down a golf course in a canoe. Oh. And then it's like, oh. I'm a proper, oh. we're scruffsels. You know, it's like, that's what, that's, what, that's what I was when I was a kid. I was a dirty little scruff. <laughs> uh, running around, building things out of shopping trolleys and prams and, and all sorts of stuff. But we used to literally go down a golf course in a, um, in a canoe because that was, that was the end thing. Yeah. It was really cool. When it was snowing, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where yeah, did yeah. you get the canoe from? <laughs> My mate bought it, believe it or not, because we actually thought we was going to start doing canoeing, and we went on a resi twice. And I don't like dark water, so I went out about twenty foot, spun round, nearly fell over, come in, and decided, now nah, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a, a pioneering canoe sledger. <laughs> kind of like solitary kill runnings, um, but I mean, I went, I've been canoeing before, like in in primary school. I also went rowing before. <laughs> How did you find that? Um, for me, it was actually, that was actually kind of relaxing for me. I was going like, to say about that's a bit of a task, isn't it? That's yeah. almost like something you're trying to conquer. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's what I was trying to do. For some reason, I don't know why, what I was thinking back then, 
but I enjoyed it. It was just that's but good. Then that PE teacher took me off uh, because I wasn't the because this menacing PE teacher. <laughs> oh, I was just yeah. There's always one it's teacher that doesn't quite do yeah. There's yeah. a nurturing aspect that always takes away from how much you effort you're putting into yeah. something mm. because you might be struggling yeah. a little yeah. bit. You might be seeing yourself yeah. as yeah. shining. Yeah. What doesn't what what doesn't help is that my secondary was also the sports school, uh, so we had like PE, like double PE every single day. Every day. Yep. <laughs> Why? I I don't know. And it was like after all the lectures, like lectures. Well, there's a power class, in that Classes and everything, like, and we had chapel in the morning as well. Right, and we had, and that's how long were your days? Uh, they were from eight to five. Yeah, mine was te- <laughs> mine was ten past four. Mine was usually at morning until I got either kicked out, isolated, or sent home. Okay, did you ever make mine a full was day? Half past eight until Sometimes three, I don't so. think I ever made a full year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, my secondary was also a boarding school, so. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, did so, you board or did you go home? Uh, I boarded when my auntie was on duty. Right. Uh, as she worked there, she was like, so, and she drove me there. I could get the bus, but it, it's an hour journey. <laughs> did you get. mind boarding? Uh, I didn't mind, no. But for me, who literally and like always isolates herself, I'm literally just just lock me in a room on my own and I'll be fine for like three hours. <laughs> oh, I get FOMO. So oh, bad. same. Here is the worst. It is. Honestly, it's, th- it's so bad. You see people going out. Well, not going well. You see people doing stuff. Mm. And you're like, I feel like I should do something. I'm, I'm just sat here doing uh, something. Uh, and I'm, well, I'm just even watching TV. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing people on social media. I'm like, that's oh. one thing I've done that day. Not watch TV. It's really, it's really oh, mad. I don't I, watch I just, TV anymore. I don't, I don't watch TV anymore. But while you sat here, it's like, like in, uh, in our student accommodation, it's like when I, when I got there, there was no like, no one was knitting together. So it was like all of a sudden, then think? I, yeah, well, it was really, but that was because there's a few people in ours with conditions, sort of thing, you know, like then they were all kind of not showing their identity, if you know what I mean. Now, for, I'm 36, mate, so again, I, I keep saying that, but I'm a few miles down the road of them, so I was trying to drag it out of them, and then before you know it, it's like we're eating together rather than ordering takeaways, or one night a week, two nights a week, we're cooking. Another lad were going uh, out and walking yeah. at night, you know, just to try and keep everyone yeah. doing something because not yeah. everyone wants to sit and yeah. just chill and watch TV. Yeah, I mean, my flat has literally just came up with a, um, literally a house rotor, like a flat rotor. <laughs> literally <laughs> just like organised that. And um, with me, like, I, I struggle with like taking bins out. I'm on the sixth floor, by the way. Oh, oh that's my job, that. <laughs> and like, but, and as I'm in Larry One, if people's listening and in Larry One, they know what it's what pain that. That uh, house, well, house, I keep saying house, flat is, yeah. and, and it breaks like 50% of the time. It does. I spend most of my time in Lowry one because where my friend's flat is, and I hate, I used to hate lifts all the time, and then I just got used to taking the lift up, but I can't no. take them down. And then when it's because they're a few floors up, by the time I'm on second floor, they're like, I should really go to the gym more. Now we have talked about a real point that needs addressing in this university for the, the accommodation. <laughs> The bins. Oh. Yeah, they them don't recycle. Bins, bin bags don't fit them. No. <laughs> True. They're half the size, they're not even a third of the size of the bin bags, so you'll yeah. fill the bin, and then you take the bag out of the bin, yeah. and you realise that you've only used, like, yeah. a third of the bag. Uh, one of my flatmates has literally, like, bought, like, like bin, like, bins for the bins. Oh. And, like, and it's, um, it's come, like, I can't even pick them up, because I have weak muscle mass, really. I can't normally have any muscle. 
well, I do, but it's not that strong. Yeah. But, so I can't really lift bins and I'm going to get very exhausted because I have poor fatigue. Mm. Give so. us a message next time you want your bins emptied. I'm only one building away. <laughs> it's interesting that you said um, uh, that you are on floor six. Was that... Yeah, that's a limit. Yeah. That's almost... Mine, yeah. Why? Sort of, why was, did you book either. late or... No, I was just very stupid. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even choose it. I just choose what like yeah. what, what I wanted. I didn't I get, did, get yeah. a choice of what floor. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. Did you? I, yeah. yeah. I figured it It said second floor. Um, been left out. Eh? I have been mugged off. I, I properly read mine. Me and my dad sat down and we went through it. And we were like, right. And we had done yeah. it. Ours was yeah. quite late, so there was only a few left. Yeah. But there was still enough that made me go, right, where do I want to go? Do I, I don't want to be too high because that's going to be a nightmare dragging things up and down, especially after a night out. Or uh, I don't want to be too close to the floor because that's where the noise is. So I settled on the second floor. Oh, don't floor. worry, there's loads of noise. Then it was also, then it was also where you sit within the flat as to how close to the kitchen you want to be or how close you to the door. Cho- we wow, full on sat down like and did get, this. Pick your curtains and everything new. No, I... No. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I ended up with the orange yeah. room. <laughs> so, yeah. The orange room isn't bad, to be fair. I thought it was going to be bright orange. I thought it was going to be... I was like, oh no, please. Like, I didn't get and, none of that. Uh, yeah, Ben, ben Tennant was like, okay, it's not too bad. As long as I don't get the weird yellow or the weird green, I was going to be I happy. wanted the blue so bad. I was in the weird, I'm in the weird green room. But I'm in the uh, green as well. That's where I come from. I come from a green background. In a naughty kind of way. Uh, yeah, I don't know why the green just feels weird. Yeah. It just... Actually, I, I don't mind, really mind. I would have... Been alive with green. It's therapeutic for me, you know. It's like it's, uh, I, you relate that psychologically yeah. too. To be honest with you, I really don't care. <laughs> as long as yeah. it's got it's got a bed and a desk, that's all I need. Oh, my desk is a tiff. I have to move my laptop to my bed. The good thing about uh, the orange room over the blue or the purple, and actually I suppose the yellow and the green are similar, is that when you it's interesting when that you, you talk have about like them by colour, we just numbers. It's just like one to four, one to five. Oh yeah, that's all we have. Well, yeah, but the the colour, the way I thought around it was, which was really nice with the orange room, is when you have the main light off and you have your overhead or a lamp that I've got on my desk and stuff. (laughs) Oh, that's annoying. But when you have just the certain lights on and it reflects off the little orange points, it feels really warm. Whereas I feel like if I had a blue room, it would feel really cold. And I can I have that room then? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's just how we saw it in the end. Yeah, I mean, my orange is literally the door. And uh, it's... Is that annoying? Yeah, because door, I'm not near the lift. You might want to keep yeah. that down. Yeah. No, it, it did. Honestly, I ended up... It, it, when I first started coming, this is this is something else that you have with, with ADHD, yeah. with addictions and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm like... It's constantly trying to yeah, quit I, stuff. Yeah, um, because my, my room is not near the lift, it's near the stairs. So, uh, and it's... The walls are like so thin, and I hear everyone like sprinting up. And so, if the lift's broken, oh uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to get some sleep at like ten o'clock. At the moment, it's like one o'clock in the morning, but that's a, a completely different story. But well, on that note, uh, I think we will wrap it up there. Thank yep. you all so much for coming in. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a good time. And yeah. it's, I feel like I really have learned something from various people's different input on this because. There were so many things that I didn't know about how people cope with learning disabilities. Some who have been told from the offset, like Elliot, that you can do anything. You, you, you just there's didn't no face point. Me. Yeah. No. There's others that 
really had to work through it and I think that's something really nice to learn and hopefully others have thought the same as well yeah. 100% so thank you for listening to this episode of Disabled by Definition I have been Taylor James and I hope to see you on the next one bye bye <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.